0: You're listening to the Foreign and International Medical Graduate Show, a podcast to inspire physicians in the process of immigration to the United States and access to graduate medical education. We create meaningful and helpful content that motivates medical students and doctors throughout the world, with the goal of creating a community that supports itself and gives feedback to each other, that stays updated with the most recent tips and advice on how to make it in America Also, we'll analyze the current resources available and how to benefit from them. Thanks for joining us. Please enjoy the show.
1: Hello, and here we are. And today, I have a very good friend of mine and my personal financial advisor and pressing and owner of Drew Financial Group. And uh, he's here with us. And I'm so excited. We've been planning this for quite a while. So thank you for coming over and just kind of giving me a few minutes of your busy time to just talk about the basis of what is financials in america
2: absolutely i appreciate you having me on it's an honor to finally get with you and and do this episode and uh hopefully uh, those listening in can learn a lot from it and can give some good advice out there
1: no this is extremely important because i think this is a conversation that we never have i mean in medical school we talk about science all the time we talk about patient interaction we don't talk about patient satisfaction and we don't talk about money and I know that before we started to get on the microphone, I was literally going to be honest and and just say it out loud. You know, we doctors are really stupid at handling money. Not all of us. Many of you are extremely successful. You're business entrepreneurs. You have a whole life outside medicine. But when it comes to financials, when I speak about just myself, when I was a uh, PGY two moonlighting in Iowa I was making like six, seven thousand dollars moonlighting a week, and I would just blow it all up with no savings. And later on in life, is that I realized that money was important to be put <laughs> aside. So, tell us about your group. How long you've been doing this? And you know, I know you're very successful. Tell us first about you.
2: Yeah, well, first off, Alonso, I think you guys you got to give yourself a little more credit than that. You guys, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's not just not just doctors in a whole, but I would really say in, in any profession. Everyone kind of gets narrow-minded into their, their field or their line of work, and you become such an expert in that field, right? So it just doesn't allow for enough time of you know, study and research to then start learning financial planning. No different than the financial world. Us as a financial advisor planners, you try to get me to give some topics and some information on your field or your line of work, whether it's a doctor, a lawyer, a, a real estate agent, you name it, uh, so everyone has their own specialty. So let's start off there. But uh, but yeah, again, I, I've been in this business now since uh, July of 2007 is when I started. So coming up now in, in 13 and a half years, like you mentioned in the beginning here at my agency, the title is Drew Capital Group. We're just an independent financial firm specializing working with with retirees or even for those that are starting out in the accumulation phase. So we give that advice and then over the course and change of your lives, you've got to realize that the, the financial planning alters and changes, right? As you accumulate assets and you get closer to that retirement goal, okay, you, you, the, the way you invested when you're in your 20s is completely different when you invest now that you're in your 60s close to retirement. So that's why uh, we feel that we do a good job here of educating our clients. Uh, we are in a fiduciary role, which simply means client first, nothing more than that, that we have to act in your best interest. And uh, we have a very educated group, a tight group here, and, and we're able to give that knowledge and that information to our clients to make sure that their overall goals and objectives are met. So it works well being independent because we can sit down with our client individually and privately to really customize a plan to meet those goals and objectives. And dedicate some VIP private time, right? Absolutely. As
1: we have had this far in the last few years working together. So Chris, just for my naive um, immigrants, what is a financial advisor and what do you guys do?
2: Yeah, so essentially we, we go to schooling as well, okay? So you have to take a series of courses and classes to, to get a license to practice and do what we do, right? So there's different types of licenses depending on, on where you want to work, whether on the broker-dealer side, as an independent advisor, or simply as an insurance agent, okay? So not to go in too much depth there, but, uh, but yeah, we do have a specialty license and a lot of schooling, a lot of research and time to really understand financial planning so with that we just bring our knowledge to the table and we just try to diversify like i mentioned customize a plan for that client to accomplish their long-term goals and that long-term goal is financial freedom right Is is as accumulating the assets investing it properly and one day when it's time to retire and, and give up the workforce is being able to live off of your money to 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 meet your retirement needs so that your money does last you a lifetime and that's what we're trying to accomplish here is is making sure that we get you on the proper plan the proper budgeting plan that you're saving enough money for retirement. So that way we fast forward the time with simulating returns of what we can make throughout the years to basically give you a number of where you need to be to live your retirement with
1: confidence. And um, one thing that um, when I came to this country, people told me, you need to have three professional friends. Mm -hmm. You have to have a lawyer. You have to have a financial advisor. You have to have a doctor, which you are, but you don't want to treat, treat yourself. And, uh, you know, you find yourself, you know, some sort of psychological, uh, psychological, spiritual advisor, you know, call it your priest, your pastor, etc. But you have to have some financial advice regarding how you handle your money because, guys, you know, you're going to realize you're going to make a very decent living in the United States. And if you don't, measure yourself is remarkably easy to get in significant debt and go
2: bankrupt in the United States. So and, and if I could add one more to your circle of friends there, probably be a good idea to to get close with a a, a tight tax or CPA. Oh my God. Okay? Yes I forgot. Yes. It's, you know, it's crucial. It's very crucial. Because again I think you're right on that. They all kind of work together, right? So we, we gotta make sure our health is good. We got to make sure our investments are working well. We gotta have a good lawyer to make sure that we're protected liability reasons. And we gotta we gotta minimize taxes if we're able to do it i mean we want to pay our, our our share in that we're allowed to but we want to have a good cpa that's going to help reduce as much taxes as we can and keep a, as much money in our pockets right so i would add that to to the mix okay so just chris pretend that i just came
1: to america and i'm about to start my residency program and i have no clue how the financial market in the united states how do i Kind of manage my finances, and I come into a residency program, and the residency program tells me, "Hey, doctor, sir, here you have access to a four hundred one k plan in, in, starting in your residency program with matching, no match." Just let's talk about the very basics of the things that any person, not even doctors or doctors or not, shall be worried from day number one regarding their financial life.
2: Yeah. So what what you're going to realize and find is that you have a lot of options here in the U.S. of how to invest your money. And that could be challenging and overwhelming because you look at all the different options you have, whether that's just in a simple savings account, a 401k, like you mentioned, or some retirement plan, or maybe it's real estate. I mean, you have several options of how you want to allocate your money. And maybe over time, it's a good idea to diversify a little in each category, right? But to keep it simple for today's uh, podcast, I, I'd like to talk about the 401k because, again, you're hired on, you know, whether it's through a hospital or, or a practice, and, and they offer what's called a 401k plan for, for the employees. And what's great about that is that you are able to take a percentage of your paycheck okay, uh, that you're able to invest in your 401k, which is your account, and that's done pre-tax. So, for, e- for easy math, if you were able to contribute $5,000 to a 401k, that $5,000 is going to go in there pre-tax. You're not going to be paying taxes on that $5,000. Now, with the matching program, your employer then is required to match up to a certain percentage. And there's different roles and, and, and your HR person or whatnot who's setting it up will disclose that all to you. But a lot of times what you'll find is that, and just for today's purpose, a simple Example would be they'll match dollar for dollar up to, you know, call it 5% or up to 4% of your salary. So if you're making $100,000, okay, and they're matching dollar for dollar up to 4%, well, that's $4,000. So I would encourage you to at very least put $4,000 in the 401k plan because now your employer is going to match that. And now you have a total of $8,000 going in your 401k plan. So you continue doing that over the course of your career. You can see where all of a sudden you look back 20 years, Alonzo, and you're like, how did I get all this money, right? It's accumulating. They're matching dollar for dollar. And we haven't even talked about the growth potential throughout the years of how the money's invested inside of the 401k plan. So it's just a must. It's super imperative that you do that because that just helps jumpstart your retirement. And how much is the allowance per year that
1: you can set aside to a 401k plan.
2: Again, that all the plans have their own set of rules, right? So the employer is going to uh, to set the bar when uh, they What match. I meant to say,
1: the government, how much the government allows you to contribute to a 401k, I think it's like Twenty something thousand
2: a year. Yeah, and and those numbers change every year. year. Yeah, so let's call it twenty or twenty five thousand you you put in, and it's all based on obviously you know what you're making, and then what they're, and then obviously what the employer can match too. So, and there's other things outside of the 401k. It's just that's not your only choice. So you have 401k plans, but you can you can set up a, a just a traditional IRA, okay, or you can set up a Roth. IRA. So again, there's several different retirement programs. I know that
1: we have a 401k through my employer that uh, I've been kind of transferring now to you. I have a traditional IRA. I don't think we have a Roth IRA. Go ahead. Keep going.
2: Yeah. And and, and really the difference within these retirement accounts that the IRS sets up here is just how they're taxed. So let's get into IRAs and Roth because you really need to understand the, the tax benefits that they both really offer. The IRA is just like I mentioned the traditional IRA is you put money in okay now in an IRA you can put a maximum of six thousand a year you can't go over six thousand so that's when the downfalls that if you want to put twenty grand in an IRA you're, you're capped at six thousand and there's certain in, income requirements and whatnot but you put six thousand dollars in an IRA that six thousand dollars now comes off of your income line so you're not being taxed it's going in pre-taxed okay. over the years it's going to grow and then when you decide to take it out, you would have to wait till you're 59 and a half, age 59 and a half, before you're able to withdraw that money out, okay, without paying any penalties, okay, and you will now at that time pay taxes on the distributions. Got it. So you don't pay any taxes on all the years that you've you've gotten growth, but now that you're taking it out, you are taxed at, you know, depending on your income bracket. Now the Roth IRA IRA works completely different the Roth IRA you put six thousand dollars in you're putting after tax dollars in there so you're that's not pre-tax money so you have to pay taxes on that money first you put it in the Roth now same thing it's going to grow right over the years you have to wait till 59 and a half if you don't want to pay any penalties but after age 59 and a half you start withdrawing the money out you don't pay taxes on the money So a lot of times, depending on your age and where where your income's at, it might be a good idea to do a hybrid. When I say hybrid, do both plans. So that way, when you retire many years from now, or if you're close to retirement, you're able to then have some money coming to you tax free and some money will be taxable. But it's always good to have kind of a a hybrid, in my opinion, in terms of both plans, because who knows where our tax bracket's going to be 20, 30 years from now? Yes. Okay.
1: Another silly question from an ignorant like me, regarding finances, by no means I pretend to be an expert, that's why I'm bringing the expert. Chris, and how much money is enough money to put aside? I know I'm not a millionaire and I don't pretend to be, doctors make a very good living, let's say an average of three hundred fifty to $500,000 a year, that's how much you make. How much money do you think is enough to live a decent life without worries? in retirement? I mean, mean, it's kind of a broad, unpredictable question, but just in general, what do you think to be comfortable, not to be worried about the stresses of daily life?
2: Now, this is is a great topic because this one comes up all the time, right? So everyone's wondering, okay, what is my real number? What do I got to get to, to be able to say, okay, I made it. I've done, I could now retire. I now could, you know,
1: and the reason why I'm asking is because some of my attendees, when the market crashed a few years ago, 11, 12 years ago, they had to push their retirement a few more years and kept working, hoping that the market was going to rebound and, and recover their losses. But yeah. in general,
2: I don't know if there is a magic number for a comfortable retirement. Yeah, absolutely. So that becomes tricky, but it's not that we can't solve it. And again, this is where the custom planning really comes into play. You want to meet with somebody that can truly customize a plan. To meet your personal goals and objectives, because your lifestyle and what and what you want com, can could be completely different than, than your neighbors, right? So it all depends again on the lifestyle and how much you really need. There's some people that like spending, they like nice things, and there's other people that that have money, but they just don't like the materialistic things. So so really we kind of just we we fast forward the time, we look at income, we say, hey, if you had, and this is a this is a great way to analyze it, in my opinion. If you fast forward the time and you say, okay, I'm retired. Uh, and ideally by the time you retire, the very first thing that you need is you want to make sure you have little to no debt. You've got to pay off your debt. You should have a, a, a small mortgage or no mortgage at all. You should be at that point pretty much debt free because that makes the planning that much easier. And also gives you the confidence of saying, okay, now you can kind of budget your lifestyle, right? Because now the income that you need to generate, also becomes a lot less because if you have high bills and high debts and you're paying things, you know, obviously you need a higher income. If you can get that out of the way, well, now you don't have to produce as much income to still live the retirement you want. So if you fast for the time and imagine and put a number to it saying that right now, if I had zero debt, I didn't have all those medical loans, right? The bills, I don't have big mortgages. I don't have big car payments or, you know, maybe kids college and school to pay for all that's gone away. And you say it's just myself or if you're married and you have a partner how much would you really need to to do the things you wanted to do is is it is it fifty thousand is it sixty is it a hundred so when you kind of really figure that out you gotta imagine you might be making a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand a year now but you won't need that you won't need as much by the time you retire you know, you might need it now because of all the, the the lifestyle and you're traveling and you have a family and it's just the spending is higher, right? <laughs> yeah. But all that kind of slows down. And now it's really your time to be selfish, really your time to take care of you and, and do things. But if you can eliminate the debt, it makes the planning a lot easier. So how do we get there is saying, all right, Going back to the 401k, you have an employer and a generous 401k, they're going to match. And oh, by, by the way, that, that number is, is like 19,500. It changes every year. We, we said 25 because I was giving an example of 5,000 matching. So if, if you want to round up just for the show, uh, some you know, let's just call it 20,000 is what you can put maximum. But that doesn't mean that the company is going to match 20,000. Okay, So the company contributions, it's going to be only up to a certain amount, which is typically three to you know five percent of your of your salary so but that's a way to jumpstart it you start putting money in a 401k okay uh i always go back to budgeting yourself okay and, and i know we've talked about this alonzo is is being disciplined you doctors are very disciplined going through medical school you're very goal oriented you set your goals your short-term your long-term goals and guess what those that are listening on the show today if you're in practice and you're employed you've accomplished your goal you've accomplished your dream you got to it so Financial planning and saving for retirement is the same way. You have to have short-term goals, long-term goals, and you have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined. So short-term goals are your week-to-week or month-to-month budgeting. Hey, what is our spending habits? How much do we really need to make to, to live the lifestyle we want? Long-term goals is saying, all right, I make X amount of dollars per year. I should be saving 10% or 20% of whatever I make. And I need to stuff it away. I need to, even if it's just in a savings account, not really earning a whole lot, at least it's building up a side emergency fund or your retirement fund for you. So $100,000 a year, if you haven't done this yet, start off by taking 5 or 10%. That's five dollars or $10,000 a year and pretend that you've never made it. You're living your lifestyle within a percentage of what you make, which would be 90%. And as you get more comfortable with that, you maybe start increasing that percentage, right? Maybe you can bump it up to 20%. You make $100,000 a year. Let's carve out $20,000, save it away for retirement, and now you live within your means of $80,000 in income. As you make more money, you can kind of alter the percentages. But by doing that, it really jumpstarts and really the money starts accumulating fast. And, and then at that the next point is meeting with somebody like me to figure out what are you going to do with that money that you're putting aside. How are we going to invest it? How are we going to protect it? And how are we going to grow it?
1: Yes. Um, wow. That's just gold. I'm looking at Chris and looking into his eyes and uh, just thinking of what could have been of my life if I would have landed on the plane and met someone like him right away. It kind of took me three, four years to realize and get the language in my bloodstream to to really have some awareness on what I needed to do. And... and probably not until my early 30s is when I started really kind of snapping out of it and realizing that life is more important than partying, traveling, driving a fancy car, having a fancy house, because it's crucial. I mean, as he's saying, people go broke because of sometimes lack of luck, but most of the time, stupid, stupid decisions. And and money, as easy as it comes sometimes, and we work so hard for it, it, could go away rather easy. So when I came to united states somebody told me go and find a financial advisor i don't think it's that easy chris and it's because you and i met through our social club and you know i literally decided to work with you because it's your demeanor the way you interact with people how kind you are and you look like an honest person that look at me in the eyes and and if somebody's going to manage my money i want to see that on them And, and you made me feel comfortable and that's just credit to you but one gut feeling that I had that's, I, I would say, more than looking at a big, shiny, fancy building is looking at that those person's eyes and, and realize that you can trust that person. Also being responsive, accessible, and, and you know have uh, the capacity to meet once a year, twice a year to kind of sit and reevaluate and kind of plan for the future and see if I'm being disciplined (laughs) or not. (laughs) So Chris really, uh, you know, he keeps checks and balances on, on what you're doing. And it's crucial, guys. I mean, this is golden advice. That's why I brought Chris here, because, God, I want you to avoid having all the mistakes that I have done that many people ha- has done. And this is worth thousands of dollars. Personal advice of like this is worth thousands of dollars because if you're smart from day number one, right, Chris? It's, it's going to just grow and grow and grow exponentially, and, and it's just going to be be a, a
2: nice, easy life, obviously, if we don't lie before the <laughs> age
1: of 59 and a half, right?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think you said it perfectly. It's, um, I mean, there's, there's thousands of financial advisors, so it's kind of nice hearing on your side of the table saying, it's, it's not that easy for us to find who do we call? How do it's we get not. access? And, and there is several of us out there, but financial planning is, it's more than just investing your money. It's not just saying, hey, give me your money. I'll, I'll make it for you. We have to we have to really sit down. We have to be good listeners. Yes. We have to really dig deep and find out, okay, what is it that we can do for you? And, and, and how do we keep you on track? Because if we don't, and we're just investing your money, that, that's only half of it. The other half is making sure that we're investing it properly, again, to meet your personal goals and objectives. And that's the beautiful thing about it. That's why going to each client meeting, it's, it's all different, right? And you meet all these families and, and you see what they have and what their likes are, what their what their needs and wants are, and, and everybody's different. And so, so you have to stay up to date. You have to continue doing reviews. It, whoever you hire out there as your advisor, hopefully, number one, you, I think you have to like them. You have to have a warm, fuzzy feeling about them and and do your research and and take your time. Don't rush into something. Take your time and have a a few meetings before you move forward and and make sure you're vibing, right? You want to have a good relationship. Just because you like somebody though doesn't mean that they're good. So you wanna you wanna make sure that yes, you like them and you vibe with them, but That's then true. but then you meet with them and you're confident in that they're going to produce. Okay, because this is performance driven. If at the end of the day, if it, if if we weren't doing a good job here for you. As much as we like each other, but it, business is business, you'd have to shake my hand and say, thank you, but I, I got to look elsewhere and, and you, you should, right? So uh, it's performance driven. So I, I think we do a good job of that here is keeping a relationship, you know, having those those conversations to make sure that we're investing the money properly. And by doing that, we'll, we'll have good results o- over the years. In your
1: in your experience of uh, all these years working with physicians and, and what I call normal people, What's your gut feeling on, in general, on doctors, on
2: how they manage their finances?
1: Are we good, so-so, or are we really bad?
2: Well, man, you put me on the spot here on this one. So, yeah, and and I have an answer for it. I I try to say it lightly, but unfortunately, in in my professional opinion, I think that physicians, doctors, and, and, and really people just in the medical field in general, you guys have, and women out there, you have such a high responsibility uh, you're on call you're you're working around the clock you're busy and and it's and it's very stressful uh in certain situations whether you're you're in surgery or you're prescribing medicine you're you're evaluating people's health and and we have a phenomenal healthcare system here and and that's the reflect of that obviously you're seeing that people are living longer and so it it obviously it, it kind of alters our financial plan because of that but But my my first feeling on on physicians and and people in the medical field is because you're so busy and you're so wrapped up in your field is that you just don't give the time that it needs or or you deserve to have in terms of sitting down, slowing down and saying, okay, I got to get my finances in order. And so you'll have a lot of people you guys are also very sought after because most physicians and especially you've been in practice for a long time are high income earners. So I would say that doctors, for the most part, are also the, the ones that are called on the most, trying to get your business, because you know that, okay, they, they might have a lot of assets, they have some stuff. So Which, in all fairness to, to you folks out there, it's saying it's, you know, you're getting pulled in so many different directions. Yeah. So that's why you see a lot of physicians, unfortunately, make mistakes, because they rather just say, okay, I should just put my money there without really taking the time studying the plan, meeting with that financial advisor four or five times before you say, Okay, I'm ready. So for those listening out here, I just encourage you that if you are one of those out there that are being called on a lot or just seems like you're being pulled in a lot of directions of how to invest your money or what to do with it, take some some time for yourself. You've got to focus on it. It's important. It's your life savings. This is what you're gonna be living off of one day. So it, it needs to be it needs to be thought at. You know, you gotta take your time and make sure that you're investing the way that you need to invest and that you understand the plan too. So financial planning can be complicated. And so if you never really understand what's going on, how can you invest your money with confidence?
1: I, uh, despite many years, you know, things are so dynamic and ever changing on this aspect of financial investment, but in general guys, uh, I just want you to be smart from day number one. Well, Chris, anything else that you would like to say to Any person that is coming fresh into the United States has no clue on how to be smart with their money. Keep it. (laughs) Don't spend it. Start off by saving. That's the first thing you do. So Somebody told me, somebody told me, and didn't mean to interrupt. I said, Alonso, live a simple life for five, six years. Drive the same car you drove through residency. Get a tiny little house and put money away 10 to 20 percent. Dr. Jim Gillen told me. And this was a little bit too late. This was at the beginning of my second residency training, seven years after I hit the, my first step on this country.
2: So he, you know, you just said it, just, just set money aside. And he, he couldn't he was spot on. You got, you have to put money aside, be frugal in the beginning and, and, and just get used to the lifestyle here, right? I mean, get, you, you, you'll have the money. You can always buy the fancy cars, right? So start off by being disciplined and getting used to saving money you know and and it all work itself out
1: get yourself a good wife <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's too that's too yes that, that makes it a lot easier for me it's been amazing
1: <laughs> i think i i could have not ended with a better wife my wife is the smart part of my life and she's the one that actually saves money more than i do yeah. and i'm i'm the spender so chris how do we get a hold of you if somebody's coming into the us or even if they're not living in the united states and they want to get a hold of you because right now the world is within our grip it's in our hands people are connecting now through the internet i bet you have many customers that you haven't never even met that they're just trust you and they want you to manage their money So how do we connect with you? Where do we go? Who do we
2: call? Yeah. So obviously, like you said, with technology and how fast it's changed, and especially with this year with everything going on, we're able to talk all over the world, right? And that's just through a Zoom, a FaceTime call. We can figure out the details on that end of it. But just to get immediate information, look at my bio, see my staff, you know, look at my firm, some of the services we offer here, which is, which is, Complete financial management. I mean, it's, it's not just managing your money, but it's looking at budgeting and, 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 asset allocation in different sectors. So go to my website, drewcapital.com. So www.drew, that's D as in David, R-E-W, capital, that's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Uh, that'd be a start and then all my information's there. Okay. Uh, my office phone number, my email address use me. I could at least be a resource for you. I told you I'd do it for anybody on the show. They just had a simple question. It's not going to cost you anything. Okay. We're going to give back to the show as as a free consultation. So I'm here for you and uh, be happy to be a resource.
1: Just be in the lookout at the bottom of of the show notes. Chris uh, and Drew Financial's information will be all there for you to get a hold of him. As I said, I'm not a financial advisor. Yesterday, we spoke about credit. Today, we have him over and we're going to continue awesome guests like like he
2: yeah, I'd be happy to come on again. If this is kind of a broad overview, but if there's anything specific, I mean, if, if we can do a show on something specifically on 401ks or specifically on IRAs, or it could just be about estate planning. Uh, so we could we could we could talk about a specific topic in terms of investing to educate the audience out here, and I'd be happy to do that.
1: Or how to save for kids' college plan. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. That's a huge one.
2: <laughs> Take your entire paycheck and put it aside. That's awesome.
1: So. Guys, it's been uh 30 minutes of goodness and fantastic information. I really wanna thank you for taking a little bit of your lifetime just to dedicate to us and my friends. And I know that you guys are gonna be extremely satisfied. So call to action to our listeners, download, share, post, repost. And I need something. I need feedback. I, I need to know what else you wanna know. I wanna know if you wanna hear a little bit more from chris and drew financial about financial planning you guys are all fresh we are all naive and i was very naive at the very beginning so having had someone like him in the in the show was just an amazing experience i hope you like it and you hope you enjoy it chris thank you for your time again and it's been awesome
2: absolutely thank you
1: god bless you all and keep listening thank you bye-bye